welcome to this Sunday morning meeting podcast from Kingdom Faith Yorkshire. Today's message is by Paul Abel. So, hang on, let's just get straight into the Word. No messing, let's just go there. The worship was awesome this morning. It took us right to the place from which God just wants to come into your household and continue to minister to you. Okay, I've called it a rich reward, but it could also be called the, 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 the thing that was the Holy Spirit was like whispering into, in my ear all that time in the worship was the word defiant. And we are a defiant people. We are, uh, who are we defiant against? Well, not the Lord for sure, not the government, not one another, but we are defiant against all the lies, the schemes, the ploys of whatever the enemy would bring against us. Okay, but I'm not talking about him today. I am talking about Jesus. Okay, and I did say we were going to go and look in the book of Colossians. So if you've got a Bible with you, hopefully you have, or maybe you're using your, uh, your tablet or something like that, then go straight to the very beginning of the book of Colossians. So this is an interesting letter from uh, St. Paul. I was going to say Pastor Paul for a minute. That's probably not what he was called. But uh, St. Paul, because he wrote it from Ephesus to the city of Colossus, but it wasn't actually a church that he had planted. So most of the letters that you get in your New Testament, Paul is writing to those who he first led to Jesus, got the church going, uh, and then has left them uh, to go and plant something else and go and work with others. And of course, he would go round from the churches teaching as well as sending these letters. But this one's slightly different, uh, excitingly, because this one was planted, started by a guy called Epaphras you may not have even heard, although his name is here in the book of Colossians. Uh, well, he became a Christian, Epaphras, in the, year, in the time that Paul was in Ephesus. Okay, So Paul was in Ephesus, Epaphras becomes a Christian, and if, if you know your Bible stuff, you'll know Paul spent an unusual amount of time in Ephesus, about three years. But it's Ephesus, in Ephesus, Epaphras, don't get your Ephesians and your Epaphras mixed up, in Ephesus, Epaphras... Is then sent, we don't know when, but he's sent to do, take the good news, as it were, to Coloss. Okay? And, but what happens then in Coloss? Maybe it's because uh, they have never really had Paul teaching them at this time and the faith is really new. But other people come into Coloss with false teaching. Okay? Heretical teaching. Basically not following scripture. So Epaphras is wondering what to do. He goes and sees Paul. Paul, by this time, is in Rome. And one of the solutions, if you like, is that Paul writes this letter to go back with Epaphras to take it to the Christians in Coloss. So what this letter, therefore, is about is about faith. Because Paul is wanting to bring, Paul is bringing this message of faith. And faith is going to rise up in you this morning. Can you hear anything in the hall? I don't know if you can. It's only on this little mic. Shh, you're not allowed to shout. <laughs> I just remembered. <laughs> Hallelujah. That's good. I hope you're shouting out at home. Come on, faith. Just, just speak to yourself right now or speak over others where you are quietly in here. Faith is rising up in you today. Faith is rising up in you today. It is, because we're reading the Word, and the Word is going to bring seed into your life, and then it's going, to br- it's going to begin to grow, and it's going to be strong, because this is God's seed, and God's seed is very strong. Okay? So, I'm going to go from a rich reward, as the heading can be. Uh, let's just jump in at verse 3. 
because we don't want to spend too much time on the introduction. Uh, but Paul is writing to them, uh, and he says, I'm from Timothy as well. We are always thankful to God, says Paul, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you. So first of all, we, we hear that Paul is praying for the Christians in Colossus. One of the marked things of any leader, whatever level, whether you are a leader of a house church or a leader of most of the Christian church like St. Paul was at this time, one of the marks of a leader is they pray for the people they lead. It's not an option. It's essential. If you don't, you end up with more problems. So there's a little bit of a self-interest as well. But, you know, you want to be praying for your people because God plants in you a love for them. So it's impossible not to. Uh, and he says that when we pray, he's like really thankful to God. And I tell you, I am too. Why is Paul thankful? The same reason I am. Because we know about your faith in him and the love you have for all the saints. Okay? We were talking about love the other week, and that is absolutely key. But he says, the faith in him, the love you have for the saints, those whom God has called and set apart. Speak this over yourself. I am called and set apart. All right, we've got to get this in our nuggins. We've got to get this in our hearts. We've got to let it explode out of us. I am called. There's no exception. Every single person watching this this morning, even if you haven't yet given your life to Jesus, God is calling. He's ringing you up. And he always answers the phone. And you always, when you answer the phone to him, he says, I've chosen you. You have been chosen to be set apart. Set apart? What from? Just to live a little frippery life on the edge out there? No, you've been set apart to work in the fullness of the power of Jesus Christ. As Jesus came into the world... So you are now called into the world. You are, the call on you can have a greater effect than Jesus had because Jesus said, you're going to do greater things than I have, which almost sounds heretical, but it applies to you, whoever you are. Amen? All right, okay. So, set apart for himself and his purposes. This faith and love are the result of the hope you have, for you are sure he has a rich reward for you in heaven. That's where I got rich reward from. What is the rich reward? It is the inheritance that you have already got through the word of truth because of the good news of Jesus Christ. So an inheritance is something that is yours. Okay, and this inheritance is in heaven. It says that. It's, it's, it's been won for you in heaven, and you use the word of God to take hold of that truth in heaven to make a difference here while we live on this planet. One day we shall be with him in glory, and everything will be completely revealed. We won't see through a mirror darkly at all. Now it's like that, but we pull down that truth to change what's going on in our lives. That is what faith is. It says, I'm going to believe God. That's where the word defiant comes in, because I don't know about you, but with worldwide pandemics and all the other things that come blasting at our lives, sometimes it feels like you, you can feel a bit wobbly. You can feel smashed around the face. You can feel like just lying down and giving up. Well, don't. Let's be defiant. Let's rise up, church. This is the time the world needs the message of good news that Jesus came for, and it needs it now more than ever. 
We have to have faith. But faith is not some mystical do-de-do-de-do thing. It is real. It is concrete. It is part of who we are. It's just saying yes to Jesus. Yes, Jesus is bigger than what I think. Jesus is bigger than my opinion. Jesus is bigger than what I feel. Jesus is bigger than the pizza I had for tea and the nightmare I had last night because Jesus is the Lord of Lords. Jesus is the King of Kings. And I choose to believe that and not what happens around me. Awesome. It's great having people clapping. I love it. (laughs) This is better than being in my office, okay? (laughs) So, it says in Hebrews, verse 6, we are are coming back to Colossians. This is a tiny diversion. It is impossible to please God without faith. Now, you can read that as like, oh, therefore, I don't ever please God. No, you've got faith because he gave you that as well. Your faith can be tiny, 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 tiny. But because it's attached to something huge, 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 deep theology, it it, it becomes enormous. Tiny, 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 huge, huge, huge. You know, it becomes huge because it's joined together in one. So you might be tiny, 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 but God is huge, huge, huge. That's three times I've said it. But have we heard it? Have we realized we're not some tiny little squirt that amounts to nothing because in Christ we have the fullness of God? So we have this faith and you know you have faith if you're a follower of Jesus because by grace is the fact that's by grace God gave you faith which is what enabled you to be saved. You can't be saved. You can't say yes to God. You can't say yes to Jesus unless he's already given you faith. It's impossible. So you know you have it unless you haven't said yes. But if your heart is going right now you know you need to say yes that is faith rising up in you and it's about time you said yes I'm going to follow Jesus I am defiant against the way the world works I'm sick of all this secularism I'm sick of out and out consumerism I'm sick of the hatred that goes on between different people from different groups there's got to be a better way there is a better way it's the name of Jesus it's love it's amazing but you get hold of it through faith how do you take hold of it then okay Well, you've got to believe that Jesus went to the cross, okay? You've got to acknowledge that he died on the cross for you instead of you in your place. Because basically, we, before we know Jesus or wherever you are right now, we don't do what God has told us to do. We don't live our lives how God has told us to live. That's called darkness. But light comes into the darkness and shines brightly, and it's like a switch being turned on. You begin to realize yeah, the, the, the evidence is overwhelming for Jesus Christ. The evidence is overwhelming that this man died when he died. Therefore, I really do need to listen to what the guy actually said rather than what I think he said. Colossians is the continuing word of Jesus through Paul, which is why we're going to look at it shortly. But you've got to recognize that you are therefore, because of that sacrifice, you are completely Forgiven. Yes, I deliberately want you to have a little bit of silence. Completely forgiven. Not forgiven for that bit. Not forgiven for that bit. Not, oh, maybe I've been forgiven for that bit. Christ has made the necessary sacrifice for all of your sins from all of your past, all of your present, and everything you're going to do in your future. 
Just think about it. You have the capacity. Everything's been paid for. Not just what's happened, but everything that you do. I mean, by the grace of God, sin not, but you will. Don't, but you will, but don't. But it's all paid for. That's why you can rejoice as a Christian. Because, and that's where this defiance comes from. The price has been paid. I'm forgiven. It's amazing. I didn't, I didn't deserve this, but I've got it anyway. Why have I got it? Why did God do this? Because of love. God wants no one to be separate from him for eternity. No one, no one, no one, no one. Even the most disturbed person within them is the core of beauty that God made. We might see no evidence of it whatsoever, but it's there, and that person Jesus died for to the most holy appearing, godly person that's living. We're all on a level playing field when it comes to meeting with God, because we all failed, we didn't pass, we didn't reach the achievement, but God says, but I've given you the ability to pass, to cross over the failure line into success. So the sinner, that's a person who's apart from God, you have to recognize that you are effectively crucified with Jesus on the cross. That's what it means to be in Christ. You're put to death. That's what baptism is all about. It's, a, it's the symbol of that death on the cross. We're putting you into a watery grave when you're being baptized, whoever it is. That part's not so important. What's important is what you understand by faith is happening. The person doing the baptism for you isn't actually that important. Under. And then you come back up out of the water just as Jesus rose from his grave. You are showing that you are rising from your grave to be a new person. Why is that so important? Because now that you are a new person, you can learn to look forward instead of backwards. Before you are a Christian, everybody's life is defined by everything that has happened to them. Who, what said what, who did what, and some of those things can be terrible and some of those things can be good. And that is who you are as a person. But when you become a Christian, you don't take your identity from that. I mean, you don't want to see the back of my head. It looks horrible, especially on television. You want to look forward into your destiny, into your purpose, for what you have been chosen for, because you're leaving that lot behind. Whatever it is, it's bye-bye. I'm walking into what Jesus has for me. And If you don't get that, it makes everything sell so much harder. Well, this happened to me, so this defines my person. Only if you don't accept that it's dead on the cross. If you begin to accept that it's dead on the cross, you can learn to live in the freedom. This is your inheritance. This is your rich reward. This is what it is to be defiant. I don't, despite that, I'm walking in Jesus. Despite what happened to me, I'm walking in Jesus. I'm going to believe him. I'm going to believe his word and not what somebody else said, not what my own mind says, not what my own worries say. I'm going to trust Jesus. That's the defiance. I don't know whether to call this message defiance or rich reward now. You can vote in the comments. <laughs> Never done that before. Let's see. We'll see. Okay. No, I'm being genuine here. This is interactive through YouTube. You can vote in the comments. Is this message called defiant or is this message called a rich reward? We haven't got to the end yet, so you might be voting early. Who knows? <laughs> Paul knew, St. Paul, writing this letter, 
that he'd been saved from his past. If he'd lived defined by his past, he wouldn't have been able to do anything for Jesus because his past was terrible. He was probably responsible for, uh, he's certainly responsible for the torture and breakup of families, maybe even the death of people. And if he didn't know that I get a new start in Jesus, he wouldn't have been able to do what he did, and we wouldn't be living in the recent 2,000 years in the good of what he brought from God. That is what mercy and grace is. No matter what you've done, no matter what's been done to you, you can look forward. Now, back in the late 80s, early 90s, in counseling courses, there was lots of stuff taught about, oh, you've got to look back into your past. Uh, it, it got even to the, well, when you were being born. Okay? And sometimes the Holy Spirit does lead you to look at something specific that's still keeping you, keeping you trapped because you haven't realized I'm free from it. That can happen. But you don't go delving. If you dig a grave, you'll find a dead body. So it's best to keep walking. And Pastor Colin, actually, was very strong in standing against that, saying, look, we can't just keep looking backwards. We need to look forwards. We need to look at what the truth says and put our foundations on what God says instead of what others have said or done to us. Because if you don't do that, it's really, really hard to be a Christian, if not impossible in many respects. And a lot, there's, there's a modern wave in secular counseling now, and it's called, for, it's got different names, but I've seen it called forward counseling. So the world's caught up with the word. It's saying, look forward, look at what is in the future for you, look at what you can accomplish, look at what you're going to do. I mean, that is so close to biblical, it's unbelievable. So even the world has begun to realize that if you always talk about what happened in the past, that's what you're looking at. And if you walk backwards, you tend to fall over and hit your head. You've got to walk forwards so that your eyes can be fixed, in our case, on Jesus. Praise God. Is your faith rising? Is there a measure of defiance rising? I mean, we're not going to get very far through this Colossians chapter, are we? But anyway, we haven't even started it properly yet. I'm just too excited about faith. <laughs> So when you become a Christian, the first key thing is you've got to live a life of faith. That, that means, yes, you're reading your Bible. Yes, that means you've got to be talking to Jesus. Yes, that means you're with the body of Christ, learning how to do the stuff. It means all of those things. But it means in all of that, you've got to trust what God says rather than all the stuff that will inevitably come against it. If you want to... Say you want to do fasting. Immediately you think about fasting, you want something that you really like to eat. I mean, in my experience, it's, I can get up in the morning, not get time for breakfast, miss lunch, and I have an evening meal. And I haven't thought about food all day. If the previous night I thought I will fast all day tomorrow, boy, do I want breakfast. Boy, do I want a snack around 11 o'clock. I'm desperate for a peanut butter sandwich by lunchtime. I, you know, I'm desperate for things I don't even like. Suddenly, honey, which is what I, I do usually do a little bit of this, but honey in, in tea, because for the sugar, it suddenly becomes delicious. Mint tea, just a mint tea bag. It's suddenly like the nectar of the gods. I must have the mint tea. When I'm not fasting, I don't like it that much. 
It just disguises the boiling water with mint. But this is what happens whenever, you, whenever you're going to walk for God, with God, go for God. Immediately you make a, a kind of a defiant decision. Everything within you just rises up against it because that's what the flesh is like. But you have to put the flesh under your feet because it's dead. Stop carrying dead body around. You don't like mint tea, so stop drinking it. <laughs> so if you decide, this is another common one. You think, actually, this TV program I've been watching, it's not helping. I'm spending too much time. I'm binge watching it. I, want to give, I need to give it up. Um, I, I will give it up. And I'll spend some of that time, all of that time, I'm going to read, read the Bible instead. Two things will happen. The last one you watch will have such a cliffhanger ending, you've just got to watch the next one. Or, as you gaily click, no more of that one, this new series goes, ding dong. Have you seen this one? This one looks really good. You think, well, I didn't resolve not to watch that one. It was that one I'm not watching anymore. That one looks really good. Am I saying it's bad to watch Netflix? No, well, no, no, I'm not saying that at all. This is just about how when you decide to follow God, there's always things that will try and stop you. The biggest thing. What is the biggest thing that tries to stop Paul Abel from walking with Jesus? Paul Abel. I'm not the biggest thing that stops you walking with Jesus, by the way. That's you. Anyway, so when you pray... You look at the scripture, Matthew 21, 22. No matter what you ask in prayer, you will receive if you truly believe. You say, well, I'm not sure I believe that. Well, stop the not sure. Just start believing it and you'll start seeing it. We can only overcome by overcoming. So often we just give up before we even try. And sometimes it's because... We have seen things that didn't work out as we wanted. There's not a Christian alive unless you've only been a Christian three seconds, maybe three days, three weeks. There's not a Christian that didn't see something work out the way they wanted it to. There probably isn't a Christian alive that's wanting to know the answers to a few things when they get to heaven. You know, on the, on, on the day that we are going to heaven, we'll be like, yes, I'm going to find out. Probably we'll get there, be so lost in the glory of God, we won't even remember all that because it'll be like, this is it. You won't be worried about all those accusations and all those negative thoughts. You'll just be, oh, yes, this is what I was living for. And the more you actually plug into Jesus here on this planet, the more you will see of heaven here on earth than if you plug into Netflix. I watch Netflix. I watch Apple TV. I watch Amazon. But we need to make sure our eyes are really on Jesus in heaven. We probably all watch more of those things because we've been through lockdown than we've ever done before. But make sure they're not taking over your beliefs. The media is very subtle, the way you, 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 you take on things, especially if you watch a, a season or a couple of seasons. There's always a message within these programs. And you can take on that without even noticing it, and it can affect your walk with God. Maybe, maybe it's a detective series that has a level of cynicism. Maybe it's something else that has a level of some kind of fear or anxiety in the program. It's so easy to take those on. Be defiant. Say, I'm not having that. And if you can't stop it affecting you, just stop watching it. There's all sorts of things that I've decided at different times in my life. No, I'm not going to watch that. 
when our kids were small, sometimes it was, no, we're not going to watch that. And I know the younger Abel family has the same thing as their family now. There are things as a family they don't watch because it brings in like negative seed. What's the point in letting that take root? Be wise. So, faith is a walk. Faith is a journey. Faith is moving on with God and believing what Jesus said. So, let's just move on a little bit more because going back here into Colossians, let's go back to where I left it. This faith and love, the faith and love from God, are the result of the hope that you have. What is hope? Hope is a trust in God. Faith, hope, and love, these three are always together. For you are sure, so the hope comes from, you are sure he has a rich reward for you in heaven. You. Yeah, you. Yeah, I'm looking at you right now. Look, staring right down the lens at you. Yeah, you. You have a rich reward from heaven. It's the inheritance that you've already heard about. Take hold of it. Don't leave it up there. I mean, there's always going to be inheritance up there because it's unlimited. But you don't want to leave it all up there. Let's read on what Paul writes. And we'll stop shortly and we'll go into a ministry time in which you are going to know your rich reward and you're going to be defiant in the way you stand for that. Okay? The gospel is now being spread effectively all over the world. The good news of God's kingdom. That's true. It's still true as it was in Paul's time. The power of this gospel has been growing among you since you first heard about it and understood the wonder of God's grace. That's also true. Everybody I can see here in this room that's part of the team making it happen from the summit today, that's true of them. You can see it that they have been growing in the things of God. The wonderful truth that has come to all of us that believe. And he mentions, you first learned about this from Epaphras, uh, our beloved brother and fellow servant of Christ, uh, who's now told us of the love that fills your lives through all the Holy Spirit as imparted to you. Us, of course, being Paul, uh, Timothy's with him, and probably other members of his team. So, let's carry on. This is why... Paul writes, since we heard of what God is doing among you, we've never stopped praying for you. Now, notice Paul is not just the only one that's praying. This says we. Luke was part of his team as well that wrote the Gospel of Luke and the Book of Acts and, and many others. We don't know who was with him. Aquila and Priscilla. You know, you can go through, you find there's more and more and more men and women that are part of his team. We've never stopped praying for you. It's essential that we never stop praying for each other. The thing that God, I believe, has done in Church Reset, and this is really important, is hopefully removed the idea that the leaders do it all or do everything. I'm not sure it was fully there ever in this church, praise God, but the emphasis has been on every single person. We are all called. We are all set apart. We are all chosen not just a leader. In fact, the primary ministry of any leader is to equip others for the works. 
I mean, that means we're equipped for it too. But we equip others with the skills, with the knowledge, with the talents, with the ability, with the encouragement, with speaking faith, with telling people to be defiant. That is why we've never stopped praying for you. Asking God to make you aware of his will. Really important. How do you know God's will? You read this. And he will give you all the spiritual wisdom and understanding that you need. The reason why we pray is like, like this is simple. We want you to live lives worthy of the Lord. Oh, this is where the defiance comes in. Because it says, I've got this rich reward. See, I told you, I really don't know what to call this. I hope you're voting in the comments. This defiance comes from knowing we have a rich reward that causes us to live our lives in a way that is worthy. It's not like God said, I mustn't sleep around so I won't have sex with several partners. It's like, I want to live like that because I want to live worthy of the way Christ has called me. Or any other example that you want to choose. I'd normally use donuts, but for some reason I chose that one today. So that you will please him in every way possible. Because you love God, you want to please him. How do you please him? You need to have faith. How do you have faith? You trust the word. How do you trust the word? You read the word. You pray the word. You do the word. For then... This is the promise of God's word. If, if we live lives worthy, that doesn't mean lives where we never sin. Unfortunately, we will trip up. We will make mistakes. We will have an emotionally bad day. We will sometimes even deliberately sin because we just want to. But we want to get back to God ASAP, as soon as we possibly can, we want to be back living with God. So we don't go off somewhere thinking, well, if I get holy enough uh, and, and I pray enough and I fast enough, then I can repent. We repent there and then, wherever you are, just do it. It doesn't take long. It's not about lying on your face on the carpet, wailing and weeping and crying. Judas Iscariot was very good at weeping, wailing and crying, but he never repented. That doesn't indicate repentance at all. That just shows regret. But regret usually says, oh, I think I'm still right. I just regret it. Repentance says, I was wrong. I should not have done that. I should not be doing this. God, please forgive me. Thank you, Jesus, that you died for me on the cross to enable me to be forgiven. Of course, my child. He's not going to ever deny you forgiveness because then that would deny what Jesus did. He cannot deny you forgiveness if your repentance is genuine. What happens then is this. For then you will produce fruit. Much fruit, actually, it says here, for his glory. This church, <laughs> by which I mean everybody watching, not just those in this room. This church is called to be fruitful. But who is going to be fruitful? The church, the people. Look who Paul is addressing. He isn't just writing to the, the leaders in Colossus. He's talking to the church. Live lives worthy so that you will produce much fruit, so that God gets the glory. How does he get the glory? Through all the good works you do as you continue to know him better. You want to get to know Jesus? You have to do good works. It's the only way to really get to know Jesus is you've got to be doing the good works as well. Good works don't get you saved. Good works are the result of you being saved. If a person says, 
that, that, like a sinner's prayer and their life doesn't change, it's highly unlikely that they're a Christian. Because when you become a Christian, your life changes. It changes direction. You stop looking back. You start looking forwards. Sure, you might stumble on some of the things behind there, but the more you get into what God has said, maybe you do the Freedom in Christ course, you walk free of all that stuff. Because you learn to. Because it's dead. The old is gone. The new has come. Boy, how often do I have to cling to that? So doing these good works, he strengthens you with all the power of his glorious might. And it is in this power that gives you the patience to persist in doing. Doing what? Persist in doing his will and causing you to maintain your joy, thanking God the Father for all he's done in you. See, as we look to God, it's him that gives us the power. It's him that gives us the patience. It's him that gives us the joy. Okay? For his work means that you are now qualified. I don't know what qualifications you've got on, a, on like a, a bit of paper. But that's nothing compared to the qualification Christ gives you, which says, in Christ. In Christ. In Christ. You are qualified to share in the inheritance. When you go on the... I mean, this doesn't literally happen. Don't get me wrong. But say you walk up to heaven. It's a spiral staircase. You knock on the door. This is in prayer. St. Peter opens. My goodness, this is terrible stuff. But St. Peter opens and says, Oh, hello. Come in. Take what you need. Off you go. Have you got your qualifications with you? Yes, I am in Christ. Fantastic. Here, here's the storage room of everything you need in heaven. You scoop it all up. You say, toodly pit, Peter. You go back down the, the spiral staircase and you have everything from heaven here on earth. That's full of unbiblicalness, but there is truth through it all. Okay, there is no gate in St. Peter. There's no spiral staircase either, come to that. But that is what you do in prayer. I just saw Dango. Why did you want a spiral staircase? You don't have to walk up the staircase. You could just get there. You get puffed out walking up a staircase. Oh, my goodness. I just caught what it looked like on YouTube. Ah. <laughs> he, is, he is prepared. He has prepared... For all those he has called and set apart, who's that? Say, me. To belong to, he is prepared for, for all those he has called and set apart to belong to the kingdom of light, this share in his inheritance, which is the fullness of Christ. He's already rescued us from the devil's dominion of darkness and has brought us into his kingdom, which is why really talking about going up a staircase, going into heaven. It's a sense spiritually, we are in heaven right now. It is through him, through Jesus, that we have been made worthy. When you feel ashamed, that is not God. God will never shame you into being obedient. He will convict you by the Holy Spirit but shame leaves you helpless. Shame leaves you feeling dirty. Shame feels you living like you couldn't possibly do it. It's either from yourself or from the enemy or both. Because Christ, in Christ, you are worthy. Shame is always a lie. 
You say, but I feel it. It's powerful. It's still a lie. It belongs to the past and not to your future. Look into your future a minute. Can you see it? No shame. Then that is certain. Not possible, certain. But you want to take hold of as much as possible now. Through the forgiveness of our sins, because we now belong to him. No one, no one, no one, no one, no one, no one can take it away from you that the sins of your past, the sins of your present, and the sins of your future have all been paid for. And when you, go to, when you, when you walk into heaven, like my example, or when you live in heaven, that is your place to belong. It's one of the reasons we have over this church. Welcome home, a place to belong. It's a place to belong because you belong here because of what Christ has done. But more importantly than being part of the church, it's that we are the body of Christ and together we belong to Jesus and we belong in heaven. Amen? I'm going to stop there. I've got more. I've got more about the fullness. There's lots of good stuff, but I'm going to stop because we need to have a time of ministry. So... We're going to focus on Jesus right now. Let me have a look and see if any of you have been putting in prayers and things. No, there's not really prayers that I can see. Sorry if I missed it. Thank you, Jesus. The old is gone, says Kirsty. Since being baptized, my heart has changed. Amen. I can do certain things I've done in the past. It's just not the appeal anymore. That is true. You see, the more you walk with Jesus, the more the things that used to be really attractive, actually they will fade. Not that you won't ever be tempted back, but they will fade. You have everything you need in Christ, says Karina. Everything God has given you is in the one rucksack. I tell you what, it's a big rucksack. You don't need any more bags. (laughs) Cool. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Someone's put 2 Corinthians 5.17. You can look that one up. I know what it is, but you can read it for yourself. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Right. Defiant. There was that song, Jossie, that you sung. It was the second song. And as you were singing that one, it's like, yeah, that defiant spirit against everything that has happened, I am going to trust Jesus. I am with Jesus. It's impossible to please God without faith, but I have faith. God has placed it in with me, in me. It is a gift. And he will give me other gifts of faith and gifts of healing and all the, all the things of the Holy Spirit that we were talking about earlier to enable us to live as he's called. So I'm standing up right now. So wherever you are, this time of ministry, let's stand. Get up off the sofas. Get up off the chairs. Stand right wherever you are now. And just... You know, not puff your chest out, not in pride, but with, no, I'm trusting Jesus. I'm believing in Jesus. I'm, I'm walking with Jesus. Jesus is my Lord. Jesus is my King. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know, from the very first few lines of this, it's like a defiance comes out. Hallelujah. For all your mercy never fails me. All my days I've been held in your hands from the moment that I wake up till I lay my head, I will sing. I will sing of the goodness of God. I will sing of the goodness of God. 
I will sing of the goodness of God. I will be defiant against circumstances that have come against me. I will be defiant against the ways of the enemy that has stood against me. I will be defiant against my feelings that say I've got to take my identity from my past. I will defiantly say Jesus is my identity. Jesus is my place. Heaven is where I belong. And it is by His mercy and by His grace. Hallelujah. Go for it, Rossi. your glory Lord I will sing of your majesty I will sing of how wonderful you are I will sing how glorious you are now just sing a song in English just let the words come don't worry about how it sounds don't worry about whether you're in tune or not that's totally irrelevant just let that defiant spirit of God be released through you right now. The Holy Spirit's pouring out right there in your household right now. Hallelujah. Cheryl, that defiant spirit rising up in you. Lucy Armstrong, that defiant spirit rising up in you. Hallelujah. Jesus, a defiant spirit rising up in Kingdom Faith Yorkshire, the people of this body. A defiant spirit rising up in God's church around the nation those watching now and those watching later receive from God as you plug into Him as you worship Him Hallelujah let this be a, a meeting place a thin place an experience of God right now Hallelujah just sing some words any words in English just let them come Hallelujah oh I will sing of the beauty of Jesus, I will sing of the wonder of God, I will sing of how glorious you are, I will sing to Jesus my Lord, I will sing Jesus is my Lord, Jesus, you are Lord, oh Jesus, you are Lord, oh Jesus, you are Lord, oh Jesus. Father, we thank you for everything that's been happening in people's lives this morning, for what you've been doing. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. 
people repenting, people turning to God, even as we've been worshipping in this last one. Hallelujah. No God's mercy, no God's grace on you right now. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. We are the defiant church, defiant against everything that would try and stop us from looking forwards, from walking towards Christ, for whom He is our goal. He is who we have our eyes fixed upon. And I will sing of the goodness of the Lord. God bless you, everybody. Keep walking with Jesus. Choose your path wisely. See you all soon. Oh, no, stay on. Just a thought. Next weekend, it's deeper. Yes, I know. 9th to the 11th of October. Okay, if you're local, you need to check the WhatsApp broadcast. There's some stuff just for you. But online, we have got 8 o'clock Friday night, 10 o'clock Saturday morning, which is when Pastor Colin will be speaking to us, uh, 7 o'clock Saturday night, and then the normal 11 o'clock Sunday morning, except it won't be normal. We're going to have guys at the front here. We'll have a Q&A based on everything that God has been doing over Depot or any other questions. Like we, we've done online from my office using Skype, where we're going to do a live one here with us connected into YouTube. So you want to have your YouTube connection for that on Sunday morning. And we will have some powerful ministry. We're going to have communion on Sunday morning as well. Saturday night, I'm expecting a wave of healing. So you might want to invite people to come along and watch that. It's absolutely free. It's just here on Light to North. Um, if we're still allowed to meet in sixes by the government, maybe you want to be together in one home in, in small groups so that you can worship in small groups together. Uh, just keep apart and don't share the same communion, obviously, okay, on Sunday morning. Anyway, that's deeper. Also, to let you know, the hub is open during the week, so we're not doing hub online. The hub is open during the week, Wednesday to Saturday, 11 till 2. Plenty of opportunity to be here in groups of six, talk to one another, meet with one another. It will also be open Saturday morning, uh, Saturday, 11 till 2, during our whole deeper weekend. So you can actually even meet, albeit a limited group, during that as well. And next week from Wednesday, the crash is open. You just have to book it by ringing in or coming in in person to see Brian here and we'll book you in as a five pound deposit, but you get it back on all your food and everything else. So the crash is also open. And as I said before, be blessed and stay safe, everybody. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this Kingdom Faith podcast. We trust it's been an encouragement to you. For more information and resources by Kingdom Faith and for our other audio and video podcasts, please visit kingdomfaith.com forward slash Yorkshire.